God bless the city of Rock Hill. Rock Hill is such a special place. They're going to know Rock Hill for more than Football City USA. Pathways, Indoor Center, Knowledge Park. It's just a wonderful time to be in Rock Hill right now. The city of Rock Hill is one of the only destinations that fully gets it. It builds world-class venues that are better than anywhere in the United States. Hello and welcome into the Rock Hill CityCast, where we aim to keep you updated on all things happening in the city of Rock Hill. My name is Matthew Cray, co-host alongside me, Ashley Studebaker. It's been a while, but we are back. We are back. And we are excited. And today in with us, we have the Clinton College President, Dr. Lester McCorn. How's it going? Going great. Good to see some people in person. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. <Welcome. laughs> Thank you. Glad to be here. <laughs> Absolutely. So what we're going to do, we're going to get to know you a little bit first. So we have a lot of questions to ask you about the Clinton connection. That's what we're going to be talking about today, revitalizing the south side of Rock Hill. But before we get to know about the Clinton connection, we want to know about you. So oh. we're going to do a speed round of questions. Uh, Ashley and I have assembled a list of questions that we're going to ask you. They're fun. They, we just want to get to know your personality. And then after those questions, we'll get to know you and then really dive into what's going on with the South Side. So let's dive into our let's speed round. It. Let's All do right. it. All right. I got ready? the timer ready. Here we go. <laughs> All right. Here we go. All right. Dogs or cats? Love dogs. Do you have a dog? I used to. What kind of dog? Uh, Boykin Spaniel, official dog of the state of South Carolina. Oh, wow. Oh. What was its name? Barack. Barack. Ah, okay. I love it. Uh, where did you go to school? Morehouse College in oh. Atlanta. All right. If you had to get, go get a vending machine snack right now, what would it be? Snickers. Ooh. There are some Snickers over I'm there. I'm going right after this. <laughs> Your favorite toy as a child? Uh, I was a superhero guy, mm. so um, any kind of superhero. Favorite superhero movie? Black Panther. Ah. Mm. <laughs> Most famous person you've ever met? Uh, Barack Obama. Wow. There you go. Your dog or the president? <laughs> the president. 44th president of the United <laughs> yes, States. Sir. If you weren't president of Clinton College, what would you be doing? Architect. Mm. Love designing and drawing. No, I was okay. a preacher. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Favorite sports team? New England Patriots. Oh. oh. I know. Sorry. It's sure. okay. Sorry. <laughs> what would we catch you doing in your free time? Reading a book reading a book and that's is that we are at a minute yeah i was right. interested though i was like <laughs> all right we'll, we'll do two more real quick because I'm, I'm curious uh would you rather ride a giraffe or a rhinoceros i like to be up high giraffe so you'd ride it up on the neck <laughs> yeah i'd be grabbing his neck <laughs> okay and, and pointing and directions telling him where to go yeah <laughs> just hope you don't get in one of those giraffe neck fights because you know when giraffes get aggressive they'll slap each other pretty on the brutal neck. You yeah you don't want to get caught i don't want to be that. in the middle of that <laughs> and if if the olympics gave you the chance to compete for gold in any event what would you choose? Um, I'd have to go with uh, 100 meter. You got some oh, speed on the okay. track? I right. used to. Used yeah. to. <laughs> so that's my fantasy. <laughs> did you run in college or high school? Or? High school. I played baseball, football, basketball, did a little bit of track. My wow. son now has that gene. He's the starting point guard of Clinton College's basketball team. Oh, oh my awesome. gosh. That's awesome. Yeah. You yeah. did a little bit of everything. I did. Well, that's super cool, and that's a little bit about you. So that's yes. that's the fun side. Tell us a little <laughs> bit about how you became to be the Clinton College president. Yeah, it's a great question. I came in the back door. I didn't come up the traditional route of being a faculty member, an administrator. 
Um, I was a pastor for 31 years in the AME Zion Church, which is Mm -hmm. our denomination, which sponsors Clinton College, and um, been in AME Zion Church my whole life, went to school to be a preacher. But while I was there, I got bit with this bug, this dream to be a college president one day. But I kept pastoring, kept going to school, got all these degrees, and then I taught for a little while. And then, um, of course, I ran a couple of CDCs, uh, faith-based institutions in the community, activists, all that kind of stuff. And when the presidency came open, while Clinton was going through some challenges, I got contacted by the board chair, who I knew, and said, would you be interested? And I was like, this is a dream come true, Uh, even though I came at a very difficult time for the mm-hmm. college. And, and when was, the, what year was that? 2017. Okay. 2017, going through a real transition. Um, the the board and the president didn't see eye, eye to eye. There was some challenges going on. And so, um, you know, I accepted that challenge and came, and it's the best decision I ever made. So you've been there since 2017. Yes. And the Clinton Connection Plan, which we'll get into the, the basics of that in a minute, how did you go from being the Clinton College president to getting tied into the Clinton connection? Well, it it is a perfect fit with the mission and vision of the college. Um, We saw this as sort of a sacred responsibility to be an anchor for the South Side, to be more involved and engaged in what was happening around the campus. Um, I've always believed that these gems we have called HBCUs, Historically Black Mm -hmm. Colleges and Universities, most of the time they're found in neighborhoods that are under-resourced. And so I've always believed that HBCUs could really be the engines for economic development. Um, Little did I know that I would have this opportunity (laughs) in this community and the stars aligned because Rock Hill is a city that was really moving in the right direction. And this whole mission of being Rock Hill for all fit perfectly. And the city has been looking for leadership from the South Side and looking for people to be involved. And so we just kind of stepped into that vacuum. And it all began with a meeting held at Clinton College to talk about Opportunity Zones. Mm. And it was a particular fund that came to support HBCUs. Their vision was to um, find investors who would invest in projects related to HBCUs. And here we were, it was just perfect. So we had a meeting with stakeholders, uh, community leaders who all met at Clinton College, and we all agreed we had a common mission and vision and let's work together. And that's really how it began. And so for 18 months, we met regularly, uh, every other week, sometimes every week, uh, kind of plotting and planning. The city worked with us to get an urban planner to work in developing the strategic plan for that area. I'm very proud of the plan that we put forth that has been uh, pretty much approved by the city council. And uh, so now we're moving towards the next steps of getting some projects going on the south side, the spur economic development. So let's just dive right into um, great points, though, as far as, um, you know, the HBCUs and the love and just the potential that they do have and just um, what they can drive in any community that they are in, which is a really special thing that I think you're driving. That's amazing. Um, So as far as the Clinton Connection as a whole, what is the goal and the purpose as far as the Clinton Connection and what 
the college has as far as a part of the South Side? Yeah, so uh, they chose the name Clinton Connection. I think they recognize the historic significance of Clinton College, which has been around for 127 years. Um, a study was done a couple of years ago by the United Negro College Fund to look at economic impact, and we found that Clinton College had an $8 million oh, economic wow. impact uh, in the city of Rock Hill, and we really weren't leveraging that. So one of our decisions was to begin to look more intentionally about how we could leverage uh, the assets, the collective assets. Some of them were obviously real property assets, but they were cultural assets and uh, spiritual assets that the college brought. So we decided to kind of sync all of that with all of the different organizations, and they're great organizations that have been doing wonderful work for a long time. So we said, well, let's come up with a coordinated plan that brings all of the stakeholders together, all of the people who have vested interest in the progress and improvement of this area, and um, let's work together. So that's really what the Clinton Connection was about, working together. And then we began to look at, well, what are particular projects that could spur economic development on the South Side? Obviously, housing is something people mm -hmm. are worried about, is affordable housing. And whenever, as you know, whenever a city begins to experience sort of an economic rebirth or explosion in some areas, people who are uh, poor or under-resourced get left out, you know, and there's a long history in America with urban renewal where communities, poor communities were just wiped out, people were displaced, and so we didn't want that to happen on the South Side. With We wanted the, obviously we want to see Rock Hill grow, mm -hmm. we wanted to see businesses and all kinds of amenities, but we didn't want vulnerable people to be displaced. So this is one way to stem gentrification I, that's probably not the best way to say it, because gentrification in and of itself is a good thing if it's done the right way. Right. So we wanted it to be positive. Uh, so we wanted to put together a plan that would kind of ensure that. And again, using uh, the full faith credit of, uh, of an HBCU, um, we felt like we could get all kinds of funds to come in, and develop some real public-private partnerships that would benefit the people in the community. And that was a real driving force for the Clinton Connection. So in short, and tell me if I'm wrong here, you guys want to bring the same type of development that is happening in all the other parts of Rock Hill to the south side of Rock Hill, correct? That's exactly right. So what has happened with Knowledge Park, for instance, which is a wonderful thing, and you know, they ticked off a couple of years ago about $500 million worth of development projects that were happening uh, downtown and north of downtown. We were like, why can't that happen on the south side? So we actually identified, looking at a map, we, we saw a triangle with the three uh, institutions of higher education. You had Winthrop, you had York Tech, you had Clinton. One of the sides of the triangle was more like a dotted line. Mm. Uh, and so it was our job to connect the dots, to make sure that everyone benefited. And of course, a rising tide lifts all boats. And so why now? Why are you guys doing this now? Why is now the time to strike? Now's the perfect time. Obviously with Opportunity Zone, um, you know, that, that that kind of um, initiated the conversation about how outside investment can come because without dollars, you can't do this. So we needed some investment. So we're looking at outside investors. And now, because of the attention that is finally being paid to historically black colleges and universities, people now understand this tremendous asset that we have. And unfortunately for years, Clinton has not been at the table. 
for whatever reason. And I have been insistent. I'm loud. I'm bold. <laughs> I'm bodacious. And I cannot be dismissed, right? Mm-hmm. So people knew they had to deal with this guy at Clinton who was advocating for these students because they are me. Um, I, what we didn't talk about in the in the um, in the in the round we did the lightning round at the beginning <laughs> is that I'm from Worcester, Massachusetts. I grew up in the projects of Worcester, and I was homeless for most of my high school years. Wow. So I literally went from no house to more house. My life was transformed because of that opportunity that that school gave me, and I'm now paying it forward at Clinton College. We all know that education is the surest way for upward mobility. It changes lives, literally. And so we're seeing, and we get to see it every day. I eat breakfast in the, in the dining hall at Clinton College, and I get a chance to sit and talk to the students. And I'm just sitting there with a twinkle in my eye looking at these young people and saying, this is it. I mean, we of course, we just announced that we're now offering free tuition. Yes, Who amazing. does that? Right. Never, <laughs> never heard that. Who does? So <laughs> thankfully, as I alluded to, now that HBCUs are in the mix, there's investment that is coming to these institutions because people recognize that you get a great return on your investment. So thankfully, we have an administration that has pushed for HBCUs to get more dollars so that they can do more because we, quite frankly, Frankly, we serve the students who otherwise wouldn't go to college, Mm. right, for whatever reason. Uh, Some schools have these high standards around ACTs and SATs, which in my mind does not tell you a person's real intelligence and abilities. And so students, many of them are disqualified on that. And then there's the whole financial piece. They just can't afford. And the Pell Grant has not kept up with the pace. That's a whole nother conversation. (laughs) But we we have determined to keep our tuition low, affordable, and accessible for all of our students. And so these students who will now come Come from all over the country. I met a young lady. In fact, if you saw the news last night when we made the announcement, there was a young lady from California there with her dad. Her dad was wow. like, "This is great. I don't have to pay tuition right now, <laughs> right?" Right. <laughs> and she's like, "I came all the way from California mm. because I believe in the mission of this school." And her dad grew up in Rock Hill, so he's been telling a story mm. about Rock Hill. So she gets to come back now and experience this. And who knows where she will go from Clinton College? Right. You know. So so when I think about the community, we're also giving these students an opportunity to be engaged in the life, the civic life of a city, which I think many students miss out on. You know, they just they're all engrossed in the campus and what they're doing. There's nothing wrong with that. But you've got to understand that there's a life beyond the classroom, beyond the campus. And so we're working really hard to make what is called a work college, which will be a combination of work, service and learning for all of our students so that they'll be prepared to lead when they graduate. And I think you t- you touched on the education element of um, not only Clinton College and just educating the community on what all you can bring here to the city of Rock Hill, but in HBCUs in general, um, just that education element is so important and it's really the starting point for making that massive difference, which HBCUs have such you know power to do so. Um, with that, and I'm sure you've touched on a little bit too with the, the power of the students and that you have in changing these students' lives, what is the most exciting part for you in all this? Oh, wow, it's hard to pick one. Um, You know, it it is seeing a student who I just talked to the other day who came to school very shy, reserved, 
uh, afraid to speak in a year's time, finding their voice, you know, feeling confident, ready to lead, be engaged. And of course, confidence has a lot to do with a whole lot of things. You you perform better on your job when you have a level of confidence. Mm. And obviously, as students, you know, um, when you're worried about whether you can uh, keep up with the standards, uh, many of these students, to be quite honest, have been failed by the schools they've come from. You know, um, education, the educational systems that they came from, uh, many of them were labeled. Uh, they were not given equal resources, books, and all of that. And so they came to college, many of them unprepared, which means we got to work hard to catch them up, you know. But being in a loving, nurturing environment makes all the difference. So these kids are not just um, numbers on a campus, they're part of a family and they feel that. And their parents, when they drop them off, they, they have confidence in knowing, you know, my baby's gonna be okay, they're, they're in good hands. And then likewise, we have a, a growing non-traditional student base. So there are adults who are coming back to school who said, well, I didn't have this opportunity when I was coming up, I wish I did, but now I'm gonna take advantage of it. Of, Where, that, of that free never. tuition. The, the, that too, that it's free tuition. It's never too late, it's yeah, never free too tuition. late. But, but definitely being in a school which um, kind of has patience with them, mm-hmm. you know, because they've been out of school a long time and they got a job, they got uh, they got rent they got to pay, they got bills, they're adulting and still trying to get an education and Clinton provides the space and support that they need to get that done. So we have Clinton College and, and the role that they play in the south side of Rock Hill and we have the Clinton Connection, which is which is a plan to revitalize the south side of Rock Hill. How do, how do the community and the school work together in this plan? Well, we, we are part of the plan. So even though we have uh, first billing with our name on there, um, we don't control it. It's, it's really a combination of several organizations that have come together. Um, Don Johnson, who, mm-hmm. uh, who also chairs the Rock Hill Economic Development Corporation board, and I sit on that board with her. Don wears so many hats, I don't know how she does what she does, but Don has been really instrumental. So she is my partner in crime. We have kind of co-chaired that, but, but Tim uh, Veek of Habitat for Humanity is, is on our board. Uh, Jennifer Wilford from the city has been with us from the very beginning. Uh, Elaine, um, Elaine Will- Wilmore has been involved. Uh, I always get Wilford and Wilmore confused, <laughs> but Elaine Wilmore has also been very involved from the beginning. And then you've got the two city councilors from that area, Nikita Jackson and Derek... Lindsay. Lindsay. Uh, they have been involved from the very beginning, and so obviously they could help shepherd it from the city council uh, end of it. Uh, so we have decided that no one group has all the power. We're all mm. working together for the benefit of all. The Saluda Street um, Business Corridor, they're very much involved. North Central Medical Clinic, they've been involved. So it's just a great collaboration of people. And so now, so to answer your, your question, Matthew, we're now looking at how do we uh, formalize this? Because Clinton has its own formal organization. We also have a community development corporation from Clinton. We're going to be hiring our first staff people um, from the CDC 
who will make themselves available to the Clinton connection. But we've got to figure out, does the Clinton connection now become incorporated um, as an entity, or are we just sort of like a United Nations? You know, we help facilitate the coming together of all of those groups. Those are the conversations that we're having now. And uh, the last part of that is um, there's always a political strategy, right? So you've got to understand the political dynamics of how resources are allocated. So we're talking now about creating a TIF district on the South Side, Tax Incremental Financing District, so that funds could be brought in to um, address the infrastructure needs, because the South Side is also woefully behind in terms of drainage and sewerage and lights and all of the things that you want in a city that's growing so that it complements the amenities that you hope to bring. So it's gonna require um, a major in, in infusion of dollars, and we're hoping that the tax increment financing district will enable us to do that. So I know you um, briefly touched on that. This was 18 months of meeting regularly and conversation, and my family and I live over in the South Side, so ah. this is um, specifically just very interesting um, to know and get educated more on what's going on. Um, so obviously this isn't something that happens overnight. That's right. Um, so could you kind of walk us through the steps of just bringing the connection from the idea to an actual reality that we're experiencing now? Yeah, it's a great, we've just really taken the time to reflect, like how did we get here and what it took. So it did, it, it begins with um, building consensus, right? So uh, the people that came for that initial meeting, we had similar mission and vision, but there's still some negotiating and compromising that happens. So there was the, the commitment of the, what we call sort of a steering committee. And the steering committee had to meet regularly, did some brainstorming and some planning and figuring out what our next steps would be. And one of those first major decisions we made was to get an urban planner. We've got to get somebody who knows what, um, what it takes, who can galvanize us, but also direct us to the kind of resources that we would need to fulfill this vision. So Collabo, um, and we had an RFP process, so uh, the city helped us with that. We had proposals from all over the country, and Collabo came together, which really was a collaboration of two different groups, um, a group out of Kansas City called Vario and Collabo out of uh, Chicago mm -hmm. that had been doing some community development and community organizing work across the country, and they gave us the most compelling case for why they should work with us. And so they came on board and did a lot of the heavy lifting because all of us have real jobs and real lives, so they, they did this with us and met with us and kept us abreast. We did organize a community engagement committee, and their job was to solicit the input from the residents of the South Side to make sure that they were involved. And, and you should know that there were a lot of people who were very skeptical based on the past. There were people that felt like, here we go again. All these promises are made and we never see anything materialize on the South Side. We see all this work in Knowledge Park, we mm -hmm. see what's happening in other parts of the city, but we are left out. So people were very skeptical, so we had to work that much harder, you know, to get them to be engaged and involved, and we had several kinds of meetings over the months, and so when 
when we finally got to the point where after Collabo had done some great work in talking to people and helping to synthesize the ideas and then identify the priorities, we came out to a public meeting at Clinton College. Um, I guess it happened um, in June or so. We had a big public meeting and we had people come and vote on the projects in order of priority. And that's how we got to the great eight and we put them in order. And what came to the top was a concern around housing. You know, affordable workforce housing uh, jumped to the list. Um, and, and we said, okay, we, we've got to address that. We've got to find some ways to bring developers and investors for housing, but also people who are concerned about arts and recreation. They were thinking about children and family and education. So you'll see the whole gambit of, um, of projects that address what it means to, um, to, to pay attention to placemaking, to pay attention to culture and arts, um, obviously, economic development, business development, the Saluda Business Corridor, they're involved. Bell will be involved, the Black Economic Leadership League. Mm-hmm. They're going to be involved. We're going to have a whole business incubator uh, program in there. And, of course, Clinton, again, is, is really engaged. And one of the things that happened after the fact, um, well, it was almost simultaneously, but this, this grant proposal went out. Uh, from the Department of Health and Human Services, the Federal Department of Health, around addressing health inequities. And um, obviously COVID-19 exposed a lot of things. Um, we always knew that poor people were vulnerable. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's just a matter of fact, but sometimes it takes something like this to put in stark relief what you've always known. And COVID-19 exposed that African-Americans and people of color were really um, vulnerable. And so um, the grant was to address health inequities, but also health literacy and helping people to understand because there's skepticism and suspicion on behalf of African-Americans about medical treatment. And so we we really had to work hard um, about how we could um, engage people in a way that they would not feel threatened, um, that they would understand this actually is for your good. And so we um, we wrote this grant with the city. I remember calling uh, Mayor Geddes. I said, look, here's an opportunity. What do you think? And he was like, well, the city's got enough to do, but if Clinton College is going to take the lead and the Clinton Connection is going to take the lead, then we will support you. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and I knew that our grant was great. I mean, we brought together people from various sectors. Impact Your County was involved. Um, um, Affinity Health was involved. North Central was involved. And we all came together and put together this dynamite grant that they could not say no to. And so we were, um, we were awarded about $3.8 million wow. uh, in this grant. And so we're going to be able to hire some health workers. Uh, we'll have a health director who will kind of manage the project. But we're going to get uh, boots on the ground to get to people and connect them to the kinds of resources. Obviously, vaccination is a big deal. So we want to educate people about vaccination so that they can be informed and hopefully go on and get those vaccinations. But there are so many other health issues that are affecting people. And so we hope to address it. It's a two-year grant. So we're not going to fix the world's problems in two years. But our hope is to build capacity um, around um, these issues so that uh, we can have a long-standing um, program and initiative in our community around building healthy communities. So the Wellness and Community Health Institute 
is being established at Clinton College. Um, and it will work in concert with the Clinton Connection and the Clinton Health Connection, which has come out of this grant. Now, now is that one of the great eight? No, it was not. So, yeah, that's what I was getting to. Okay. So that, that was not, I mean, people were obviously concerned about health issues, but it wasn't one of the great eight. It just kind of came our way. It just happened. It just happened. And it also is helping to leverage more resources because the state of South Carolina, through the HEAP grant uh, that goes for higher education around the, the lottery dollars that go to education, Clinton College is going to receive $2 million from mm-hmm. that. And so we're going to allocate at least half a million of that towards this Wellness and Community Health Institute at Clinton College. Now, do you have a list of what the great eight are? I do, as a matter of fact, Matthew. So the <laughs> he great came he came prepared. He came prepared. Yep, he sure yeah. did. <laughs> so there are actually four major areas with two projects in each area. So there's the Game Changer. And that includes elevating the Emmett Scott Center, Mm. very historic center, which used to be a high school uh, for African-Americans during segregation, was turned into a community and recreation center, uh, and then focused improvements to Carroll Park, which is the park surrounding that. And it's kind of it kind of connects Clinton College to Emmett Scott. So those are the two game changers. Then we have great play on words, knowledge spark. Mm. Ah, (laughs) And so, yeah, (laughs) so so the Bell Incubator for Economic and Social impact is a part of that and then strengthening connections between Knowledge Park and the Saluda Corridor. That's what I referred to earlier about that broken line uh, on the triangle. So that's going to fill in that line mm-hmm. and connect us to Knowledge Park and, and, the, and the Knowledge Spark. Then this, the third one is Our Place. So this is where the mixed income housing comes in and we want to really address green infrastructure. So um, that is a part of that. And then a neighborhood farmer's market. Uh, The south side is in a food desert. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so there's not healthy food within a couple of miles. So we want to be able to bring healthy food to the community as we address these health issues. You also want to be able to address diet and nutrition. Uh, So that's part of our place. And then the fourth one, which I love, is the vibrant scene. This would include the Clinton College Beacon Center. Uh, The Beacon Center is going to be uh, the crown jewel of our campus. It's going to be a um, performing arts center and an athletic complex. Oh. Uh, we have outstanding basketball teams that play in a small gym on our <laughs> campus. So obviously we want to bring state-of-the-art uh, facilities for our athletic programs as they grow. We have plans to add many more sports, so that'll be there. But I'm a big fan of performing arts, and we have so many gifted and talented young people who will now have a literal stage to blossom on. And our hope is we're having some conversations with the Rock Hill Symphony Orchestra about uh, them having events and maybe this could be their temporary home while the city and others try to figure out how we're going to build this vision for this big uh, performing arts center. But until then, we can house them at Clinton College in the Beacon Center. And then the last one is the McGirt Auditorium, which is connected to Emmett Scott, using that as a cultural hub. And our goal really is to connect the campus to Emmett Scott. So we could literally have programs from very small children all the way up to college. That's really our our goal for culture and performing arts. I see why it's called the great eight. The great eight. (laughs) That's it. Um, You know, all that. Can you kind of elaborate maybe on what you see as one of the greater challenges throughout all this with all that's Mm 
being done and to come to fruition and on the surface is amazing. And as you touched on, to solve all the world's problems <laughs> is a daunting task, as much as it well can be done. Um, but can you kind of just touch on maybe one of the bigger challenges that you see? Yeah, so it all goes back to what I mentioned earlier around um, investment. You got to have money. Um, you know, I tell people all the time, I'd be dangerous if I had some money, uh, <laughs> not for my own self-aggrandizement, but certainly to help others. And so you you got to be able to impress upon people who have dollars, both government and private and philanthropists. You know, to bring money and and everyone wants to know what's the return on the investment. Mm. So in this case, the return is building this wonderful community. I say to folks all the time to do some of the things that you're doing on the north side of town and downtown. Eh, it's a nice story, but it isn't transformational. Mm. To do what we're talking about on the south side is transformational. You are literally transforming for generations the outcomes for people's lives by investing in this. And it really helps to connect the city because, frankly, the city is divided. Uh, even though Rock Hill is a great city mm -hmm. with no room for racism, we know that there are these invisible walls and barriers right. in communities that we've got to knock down. And economic development helps that, but also building this spirit of camaraderie and community. Um, I preach all the time about the beloved community, which Dr. King talked about all the time. And we're trying to teach our students what it means to be in beloved community, that you're not living in silos, you're not pushing your own goals and ambitions, but it's about the greater good. So. So the, to the answer to your question, I mean, I think it's it, we're going to have we're going to have to make that case to people who are decision makers and who are fundraisers and investors that this is a good return on your investment. Uh, and so to that point, we really believe, for instance, the Beacon Center is a big one. That's about a 30 million dollar project. So that's a heavy lift. And you've got to convince people that this is the right thing to do. But think about what it will do. I mean, it changes the whole um, composition. It, it changes the complexion. It changes people's own self-perceptions to have something like this and giving young people and others the opportunity to flourish and to spread their wings and to bring people from the north side to the south side. You know, there are a whole lot of people that would never come to the mm -hmm. south side. They have no reason to come. But you build this, this, if you build it, they will come. You build this beacon center and see how people come from all over and spend a wonderful evening getting all dressed up and dolled up and going into the beacon, beacon center and, you know, seeing a great performance or uh, having some kind of event that brings people together because the Beacon Center will actually be a multi-purpose facility. You'll be able to change the stage and change the floor. So we'll have banquets there. We'll have conferences there. Obviously, we're going to have sporting events there. But since Rock Hill is now becoming a real hub for sports and tourism, mm -hmm. this gives the city another option. Because from what I understand, that Rock Hill Sports and Events Center is booked for like two years. <laughs> Always. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's it's well in advance. People have already booked this thing. And so why not give the city mm -hmm. another option, uh, another destination, if you will, uh, on the city? So I would say that probably is the, of the eight projects, that's probably the most daunting. But I think it's also the most rewarding. I've learned that if people repeat a word that means it's probably important i'm pretty sure you said the word community about 12 times yes, in that sir. last answer you talked about how the community came out to the public session and identified the great eight 
Uh, you talked about how you need to have the community on board. Uh, are there any other ways? I've heard other people describe this as a community-driven process. Yes. Is there anything more to add to that uh, further than what you've already said? Yeah, I always tell folk you can never communicate too much. I mean, mm-hmm. we got to over over communicate. And as I mentioned, we we are overcoming years of skepticism and suspicion. Mm-hmm. So there are a whole lot of people that don't believe this is going to happen. You know, I believe they're from Missouri. You show me. I believe it when I see it. And so there are going to be some late adopters. And so we recognize that our job is to just keep communicating, keep engaging people, keep giving them opportunities to share their voice and their input. Because we still have a ways to go. I mean, we, we've generated, I think, goodwill, and people see that we're, this isn't about one person's advancement. It isn't even just, even though people were confused at the beginning, thinking that this was a Clinton College thing, now they're beginning to understand that Clinton is a marker, an identifier, because it is a historic institution in the middle of this community. Um, that could, in fact, leverage more resources. However, this really is about the wider community. There's that word again. And so we, it is our job to help them understand that this is theirs, that they can own this. I'm, by the way, I'm actually, I, I live off of Rawlinson Road, but I'm, we're building a house on campus. So oh, I'm, wow. I'm going to live on Clinton's campus. That's old school college president. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to be there with the students in this community. And I think that's really important. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, for the students, it's important to see their president, mm-hmm. you know, there and engaging with them, but also says to the larger community that, you know, we're, we're a part of you. I'm, I'm not in some ivory tower somewhere. Um, I believe that the beloved community in, in, um, mandates that all of us have an investment in this community. And our hope is when we raise the housing stock around there, that more people will come into the community. We're actually hoping to build what's called a teacher's village. Uh, so uh, right down Heckle Boulevard so that many of our faculty and other teachers in the area will come and live in this community. Wow. And I, you know, you, you mentioned the word transformational, which is mm perfect to describe this in this project in its entirety um and to just showcase i know houses within the south side i've seen you know gutted and you know reborn if you will um you also mentioned bell um can you kind of touch on that and Mm -hmm. that kind of um the part that they have in this project sure so um as i mentioned don johnson has been involved in this from the very beginning and uh, don could speak to this much better than i could but we we believe and we know that entrepreneurship is very important Um, it's not just creating jobs but we're letting people use their own skills and resources to create their own businesses Mm -hmm. right they can become their own boss and uh, there are a whole lot of people as you know who could and would do that if they had the resources. So the goal is to build this business incubator so that entrepreneurs can get the skills um, and the know-how that they need, but also attract, again, investors, showing them how to manipulate and, and navigate in the, in the financial world so that they can get loans to support their businesses, so forth and so on. So um, we know that we're, we didn't want the Clinton connection to look as if we were just asking for people to give to us, mm-hmm. right? We wanted folks to be able to, to, um, to generate their own wealth, 
uh, using their own skills and ingenuity, and that's going to be vitally important to sustain the community. You need home ownership, but you also need uh, a viable income for the people who live in those homes. And our hope is that the Bill, the Bell Incubator will facilitate that. So you touched on something at the very beginning, and it was quick and brief that I want to come back to, and that's opportunity zones. Yes, sir. And that's a, a big, big word to someone uh, who has no idea what they are, but there are four in Rock Hill, one of them being the area in which the Clinton Connection is in. Uh, what, what is an opportunity zone, and how does that help you guys with the growth of this area? Well, it's a tax incentive, right? So people who are investors get a tax credit for investing in these particular zones. And um, obviously, the earlier you invest, the more benefit you get in the long run. But since the Opportunity Zones have been in place, I think by federal designation, about two years, there still is opportunity to get involved in that and make the investment um, in in these uh, in these projects, and of course, you get a return on your vest investment mm-hmm. uh, over time. So, for instance, some of the public-private partnerships that we hope to establish will um, will help. They will be attractive to investors because they're located in the opportunity zone. So they get more bang for their bucks, so to speak, by being uh, being in the opportunity zone. Um, if you could describe kind of all of this work that's been done in you know just one or a couple brief words kind of how would how would you describe whether it's more so um not more so but uh, challenging or rewarding so far and as far as rewards go there's much more to come for the rewards with all this process but if you could describe you know this work that's been done in one or two words how would you describe that Uh, I'd also say revolutionary. I mean, I think that this is a revolutionary approach uh, to community development from the ground up um, that involves several different players and actors on several levels. That's really, I think, the best way to do it. Uh, People who are on the the quote-unquote bottom rung who have the least amount of resources feel defeated um, at the very onset. I mean, they're always making the case that we deserve um, and so now I think that case has already been closed. I, I think um, to the mayor's credit, to people in leadership, uh, they understand that it is the South Side's turn. Um, you know, that we, we need to do right by the South Side. Mm-hmm. We just need to find out how we can do that. And with limited resources, you've got to be very creative. So that's where the revolutionary part comes in. You know, when you begin to make your case, you get a loudmouth president at a college who's willing <laughs> to put his neck on the line and, you know, and others who will join you. Um, that I think that that makes the difference. Now, in, in the Clinton Connection plan, if you look at how it's written, it's not the traditional spelling, you know, C-O-N-N-E-C-T-I-O-N. You're so it's, smart, Matthew. It's so capital smart. C, lowercase o, and then a capital next, N-E-X-T, lowercase I-O-N. Yes. Does that tie into what you were just saying with, uh, you know, yeah, being we, nec- uh, next in line? That's right. We've been using this word, we got next. Mm, in fact, we're yes. having a big rally, I think in October, where we're inviting more young people to come out. Mm. And so the whole mantra of the day is we got next. And of course, I was a ball player. Uh, and when, <laughs> yeah, when, when, you I ste- understand. when you stepped on the court, if you wanted to get in line, you had to say, mm. I got next, right? So that you'd be in line to play. And, and that's where we are right now. We feel like now is the time to your earlier question. The stars are aligning. 
You know, we think after all we've been through in the last few years and especially in COVID-19, you know, um, I I forget who it was that said you never waste a good crisis. Um, But crises is um, in in the symbolism. um, It is danger on one side and opportunity on the other side. And we feel like we have faced danger. Mm -hmm. We have faced it, and we're not over it yet. But in this, we see the silver lining of opportunity, and there are the right players with the right motives at the table that can make this happen. And we feel like there's no better time than the present. And I think that just brings back the word transformational and revolutionary. Those are two words that... um, mostly stuck out to me as you kind of just educated us more on this process, which is huge for the community as well, to just understand what is happening on the South side of Rock Hill and why why the South side, why now? Mm-hmm. Um, and just the beauty of what's to come. So um, Matthew, I'm not it, sure. Is there anything that we're missing or that you'd like to add? Well, I would just simply say that uh, those who are listening, don't feel like if you don't live on the South Side, you can't be a part of this. This is for Rock Hill. This is for the community again. It's about building the beloved community and there will be many opportunities for people to partner with us. Um, I've just been um, elected chair of the Board of Habitat for Humanity. Wow, which congratulations. Means, yeah, thank you, which means a lot to me. Mm. Um, and. And Tim Veek, I have the most respect for and the work that they're doing. They also, I think, are a a great partner in this because we're going to build some houses on the south side that Mm -hmm. are going to be affordable. We want to make sure that we're not going after only the high end, um, you know, houses. That's important. I mean, you want to have some nice houses, but we also need some affordable houses. And Habitat does that as good as anybody. So I'm glad that they will be with us um, in this partnership. So everybody, all y'all can come and be a part of the Clinton Connection. There you go. Yes. Um, Dr. McCorn, thank you so much yes, for your time you. and just the education element of all of this. It's a beautiful thing that you're doing, and I know I can speak for all of us that are very excited to see this come to fruition here. Is there anywhere people can go to find more information on what it is and how they can help out? Yeah, so uh, our Facebook page, uh, Clinton Connection Group, you can go to that. We're building a new website, so soon you'll be able to go to clintonconnection.com, I guess, uh, very soon. But right now, the Facebook page is is the place to go. And the city's pages have included Clinton Connection uh, in that, so you can find us there as well. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Rock Hill CityCast. Dr. Lester McCorn, thank you again for joining us, for enlightening us on what's going on on the south side of Rock Hill. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening to the Rock Hill CityCast. Episodes are available each week to stream on SoundCloud, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. To keep up with City of Rock Hill information, follow us on social media.